Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The wait is finally over and sport is back on Now TV. It's lights out and away we go! Where you can watch Sky Sports, Premier Sports and BT Sport together and all without a contract. What a fantastic part. So whether there's a day, week or whole month of action you just can't miss, you can now stream the lot. Oh, it's a fabulous goal! This is your sport on your terms. Search Now TV Sports to find out more. 18 plus content streamed via internet. Full terms apply. Hi guys. So here we are in Millbank Studios. Yeah. Which is where lots of the political journalists hang around. Mm. And at the moment, as we're into a general election period, they're going to become quite high profile. And we've got one such on the programme today. Have we not? We do, we do. Um, Well, the general election is in how many weeks now? Well, it's December the 12th, so, so it's six, six weeks. Six yeah. weeks. Yeah. And at the moment, there's a big debate going on about whether or not Joe Swinson is going to be on the leadership debate. Well, ITV have said it's Johnson against Corbyn. Sky have said... What do you think about that? Um, I've got to be honest, I think there's something a bit ridiculous about Joe Swinson going around saying she can be the Prime Minister. She's got 15 seats. That being said... But that being said... Nick Clegg 2010, did... 2010, yeah, Nick Clegg, when it was all the like hyper-mania yeah. about But I Nick also Clegg. think if you're going to have them, you've got to find a way for having Nicola Sturgeon and probably Nigel Farage to some extent. So maybe whether you do them with... Two-hour debates where you have head-to-head for one hour and bring the others on for another hour. I don't know. What's but I... Sky saying? Sky want to do three-way. Okay. Swinson, Corbyn, Corbyn Johnson. Johnson. Um, but, I, you know, listen, I had this when we were in, around back in the 90s and, and, and through the time we were in power. There's so much energy gets wasted on these debates about debates. Um, but I do think on this, I don't know whether she's right that it's a sexist thing. I think it's just the two... Big parties, as it were, basically saying, listen, we're the only two that can actually form a government, so therefore let's keep it to that. But they're never going to form a government. Either of them are, really. So well, Tories might. Do you think? Do you I think th- there's much chance of that? Because actually, if you think about it, Joe Swinson will be quite important because she, if there is going to have to be a coalition, it will most likely be with her. But she's come out already and said that she's never going to prop up a Corbyn government. Um, yeah, but anyway, Nick I think that he'd never I think have that a coalition with the Tories, that's true. So. That's true. I guess people do say people stuff like bullshit. that. I do think the Clegg thing is is a sort of fact, and it's true that there were more seats back then. But I think that if you had Clegg in those debates back then, I think it's a bit odd to exclude Joe Swinson. I must admit. But so the person that we're interviewing today, so we're at Sky in mm. Millbank. Yeah. So people immediately think it's Adam Bolton. We're going to oh have a my fight. God, and you're going to have a physical fight, and that's yeah. why you've got your boxing gloves on, yeah. and we're actually in a ring. Yeah. Um, no, that could be a future guest. We'll think about doing that. But we're interviewing his counterpart. Really, they've been at Sky. 
She's been at Sky from the start, I think. Really? But they Pretty have much. both been at Sky for a very long, long time, time, haven't they? Long time. Um, and she's just taken on her own breakfast mm-hmm. show, which she hopes will be competing with... Dan Walker, the most successful, and, and, and Naga Munchetti. They're the most talked about breakfast presenters, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. What's the other guy? There's well, other guy on ITV. Uh, I think his name is... Oh, oh, Peter um, Peter Morgan. Peter Morgan. No, he's the one who makes the crown. Oh, he makes the crown. It's something crown. like that. Peter Morgan and Piers Peter Reid. Peter Reid. No, Susanna Reid. Piers Morgan. that's it. But, so the person we're interviewing today is not Piers Morgan, no. thank God. No. Um, we will be interviewing... Kay Burley! So, Kay, what time did you wake up this morning? (laughs) As you know, Grace, I've just started my new breakfast show. Um, I went to bed about nine and then I woke up at ten, half past ten, midnight, about half past one. And I eventually woke up, uh, the alarm was set for four o'clock. Oh my God. That's not bad. So that's now, I mean, your, that's now your life. It is my life, yeah. It's the, my third Monday time. to Thursday. Monday to Thursday. It's my thir- third time at doing breakfast telly. I did it in the 1980s. And then uh, when my son was about four or five, so in the mid-90s. And here I am again. Do you think you've got that in you naturally? Because like, if I woke up at four in the morning, maybe this is because I'm, I'm not young. I don't have an excuse anymore. I would be so grumpy and I don't think I'd have the energy to sort of like interview and concentrate and do you think you've just got that in you or was it something you had to I am learn? always a, I'm an early bird absolutely right. more than than uh, a late riser a, um, a, a, a night owl but my son rather elegantly put it when he said four o'clock in the morning is a time of champions either you're just waking up or you're just coming in <laughs> so but that's it you know when I, whenever I do um, breakfast telly as a as a guest as it were particularly ITV I find that sort of relentless chirpiness and everybody's sort of pretending that everything's great and everybody's happy and I mean I'm talking about behind the scenes where you've got circus acts going on and all <laughs> I just it just does my head and I just want to get there do the interview get out but you have to sort of pretend to be happy and chirpy yeah. or I, are you happy well I, as I said I'm, I'm more of an early bird um my first boss uh, was a guy called Bruce Gingell, who was the first ever person on Australian television. And he used to say, breakfast telly is like an eternal summer. You have just got to be happy and chirpy because people who are tuning in are looking to you to potentially brighten their day. Our programme's a little bit different. It's never been done like this before. It has on the radio. We're like the Today programme on the telly. So it's much harder, much more uh, politics-based. Who do you see as your rivals? Who are you trying to take li- viewers and listeners well, from? Well, I'm from Wigan, and so we have no peer. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I think everybody's a rival, and, yeah, everybody's f- um, total uh, friendship-based as well. No, but who do you want? You've got, you've got, you want to build... Uh, I'm just going to tell you how everybody sent me lovely messages on Twitter. Well, that's fine. Fantastic. But, you know, are you taking, <laughs> are you taking people from peers on GMB? Are you taking people from Dan Walker and Louise Minchin on Breakfast Telly? Are you taking people from the Today programme, which you've already mentioned once? Yes, I would say in response to that I would hope that everybody would have a listen and then hopefully quite a few of them would stay Uh, I do think that Piers has been the bad boy of Brexit and breakfast television for too long and so um, are you going to be a bad girl yeah absolutely you can't be as bad as him because if you do that you're surely you're overstepping quite a few marks if you do that what I don't do is obviously we have to stay the right side of Ofcom at all times why does he not uh, because it's a current affairs programme rather than a news programme oh interesting and different rules apply 
That's so interesting. I mm. never knew that. Mm. Wow, but he, okay. but do you, do you worry that that Piers is actually kind of part of the sort of foxization? Of British television, would you worry about that? he's a brilliant journalist. I think he's a really, really good journalist. I think his questions are excellent. I think he talks over Susanna a bit too much sometimes. And his guests. And and certainly his guests. But, you know, he gets to the nub of the subject. And I think he's, he's, um, he, he's like a flipping laser beam. He goes straight for it. Um, and he doesn't let them off the hook. And that's a sign of a good journalist. Right. But he does tend to use it to as a vehicle for his own opinions rather than trying to get the guests' opinions out. He does both. I think. <coughs> How uh, much are we going to know about? Own... Are we going to know any more about your political opinions? None. No, absolutely not. People think that they know that I'm a Tory. People think that they know I'm a Labour supporter. I don't really get the allegations of uh, being a Lib Dem. I'm a snowflake sometimes, so I upset everybody. So it means that I'm probably doing my job right. Mm, are you sure about that? Well, do you That's know what... what my politics are? Mm, no, no, but, but but this thing about it's like the BBC always say if you complain about them, well, we forget the left complaining, the right complaining, we must be doing something right. I'm not saying you're doing anything right or wrong, I'm just saying that I think that's quite an easy excuse for broadcasters so what's to make. Way of, I mean, what, what, because otherwise, I do then differently? you've got the peers' version, which is that he's actually too biased. No, I, I listen, I agree, I think you are doing, I think you do do a good job. Uh, but I, I worry about broadcasting generally that it's, it's, and I think Piers is a big part of this, I think we are moving much more to a kind of Fox News style. Mm. I don't, I mean, obviously people make that allegation against Sky News, but I don't think that it has much foundation. I think that we have to be completely <coughs> balanced because mm-hmm. if not, Ofcom would come down on us like a ton of bricks and ultimately they but could take that, again, our licence coming offers. back to the news affair versus current affairs, can mm. Piers be more biased? Yes, and he, well he can, he can offer his view show. much more. Right, yeah. Than, than we can. Uh, and actually, when you write a Sky Views, as we call it, which is on our um, skynews.com website, you can offer your political view then, as long as you say that it's your view, clues in the title. Um, but you can't do it on the telly. And have you ever done that? No. No. No, because for me, and I'm not criticising other people that do it, but I think for me, if you do show uh, your view or, or political bias or whatever, on whatever format, then that can always be held against you. God, it's so impressive that you that you can manage to do that. Well, it's you know I've been doing it a long time. How much do you think you you so you were born in Wigan mm. um, in 1960? Yeah, and you started a local paper. I did. Now, how much do you think that's helped you? Oh, hugely, mm. hugely. I think um, if you want to be a journalist, I think that that for me the traditional route is still the best. You know, I did a six-month uh, training program where I did law and public administration and English and shorthand. 110 words a minute. I did 130. Oh, did you? Yes. Do you still use T-line. it? T line. I use it a little bit when yeah. I write my diary. Yeah. Oh, do you? Mm. Yeah, mine's T line as well. Um, well and I do not know what you guys are talking oh, about. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> it means that you know if somebody's chatting now, I could I yeah, could still write the tea, yeah I could still write tea line shorthand, and hopefully, hopefully read it back. Not always, <laughs> but the smaller you write the syllable, the symbols, the easier it is to read. And did you find when you were local? I mean, the thing I found is Fiona Grace's mum and I we kind of met on local papers, and the thing I found on the Tavistock Times was that if you got something wrong. You literally, it wasn't that they phoned up, they, they came in, they came into the office and sort of wanted to see you. Yeah. And it was an incredible discipline. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now they just uh, lambast you on Twitter, mm. uh, you know. And I, so I, I, when I first started, I used to type 
the um, chemist's opening times. That was my job. And I used to have two pieces of carbon, three copies, one for me, one for the spike, one for the subs. Um, and then I, I developed uh, further into covering um, vegetable shows. And then after that, I was a junior reporter once I'd got my exams and I got my uh, NCTJ, National Council for the Training, Training of Journalists. Journalists yeah. uh, and I was sent out to an old lady's house and she hadn't taken a washing in for two days and the neighbours had rung and obviously the senior reporters were not going to go and do that. So I was sent and I got there. The police were just arriving and it was a double murder. Oh. <gasps> oh my God. And by the time I'd gone to the phone box <clears throat> to ring the desk... Uh, because obviously there were no mobile phones then, and I come back, the um, national press had descended. Wow. Yeah. To, so that was your first big that story? That was my first big story. And to credit my editor, it didn't take me off the story. He put another more senior journalist on, but I still got the byline as well as him on the front wow. page. Yeah. Our first big oh, one was the Penley lifeboat disaster. Oh, was it? Mm. Wow. Do you remember that? No, you wouldn't remember No, it was that. before I was born. Mm. So, um, and the you mentioned the, that now people take to social media. Does that stuff get to you at all? No, doesn't Never. bother me. Doesn't bother me in the slightest. I embrace it. But mm. what about the way that that journalism has changed because of social media? Because I, I can't imagine that the the way that you guys came up as journalists is the same now for people my no. age. No, because it's much easier for people to just build a profile. Citizen online. journalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are a lot of people who call themselves journalists, like. Tommy Robinson, yeah, and people like that who quite fundamentally are not. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not being particularly uh, protective of that job title, but I do think because in the your work view, that your father and I have done a very it's very different. Is a journalist others. meant to be impartial? What do you think? Because you is that why I'm talking to my dad now? Is that why you were maybe not as good a journalist as as Kay? Maybe because you were always very biased <laughs> to the Labour Party. Well, no, I think I was a, I was a, I was a good when I was training as a journalist. I was a proper journalist. I think when I got into political journalism, I became. Him. I saw my journalism as part of my politics, yeah. and I think there's a place for that. Yeah. But I think what I, I think you've got to be open about that. What I can't stand are the papers like the Daily Mail who pretend that they're kind of objective mm. when actually they're political players as well as, you know, political spectators. I was an o open, avowed pro-Labour journalist. Yeah, worked but on I the Mirror. <clears throat> I first mm. interviewed Dad thirty years ago. Mm. But the first time, the first, but but I think that the that sort of sense of being biased is okay if it's kind of admitted. I think television is different because, you know, there are rules that govern it in mm. a way that newspapers aren't. Mm, that's exactly right. Mm. Yeah. What about the the stuff, I mean, you talked about the first time you interviewed, one of the recent times you interviewed me was during one of the Brexit kerfuffles out on the College Green, and it was when all that burly, burly, you're a slag stuff was starting. Mm -hmm. Now, that must have got to you a bit. It doesn't bother me, honestly. I can honestly put my hand on my heart. I was rather enjoying it. It's normally me that gets the abuse out there. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. I'm bothered if my family... Uh, or my close friends say, oh, you overstepped the mark there, or that was inappropriate, or whatever. Uh, then you don't, it you don't feel scared at all when that's going on? No. Does I'm, it bother I'm, a, I'm a street fighter from Wigan. Doesn't bother me in the slightest. Does it bother you that maybe, like, Adam Bolton wouldn't get the same kinds of abuse? I think he does. I think he does get Do the they same. they call him a slag? Uh, no, but they... That's they, quite they, gendered. Yeah, yeah, but they, they, they call him other offensive terms, which, you know, we don't necessarily need to repeat here. But, um, yeah, I think being journalists now means that unless uh, we are agreeing with whatever your view is, particularly on Brexit, then it, it um, leaves us open for criticism. But what was, what was interesting about that period was that it was you, it was Laura Koonsberg, it was Anna Soubry, mm. it, was, it was women who were getting 
way more abuse, I felt, than men. There's an element, there was a lot of misogyny attached to it. I think there can be, and I think there certainly can be on Twitter as well. And I think sometimes um, those, you know, those keyboard warriors say things to me that they would, wouldn't dream of saying to Adam. Let's, let's make the comparison with Adam. Mm. Um, but I think that uh, the... I am not impacted by that criticism. Some of my younger female colleagues and probably male colleagues as well may well take it to heart. And I would just say to them, I would take them to one side, take them for a glass of wine and say, you know, these people are faceless keyboard warriors. They're in their 50s. They've got no hair. They're drinking white stripe and waiting for their mum to call them up for their tea. I really wouldn't worry about And do about you them. think that that came with you just being in this game for a while? I think so, yeah. Grace, yeah. You're just, you've got a thicker skin. I think you have to have a thick skin but, to be but a But surely it wasn't as intense when you were younger as now it was just social media different it was as your dad said you know people would come in and knock on the door and and complain at the local paper and then when i first started they wouldn't come in and say you're a lying scumbag they'd say you got my name you spelt my name wrong but i think we're angrier now as a nation but how much of that is driven by the media uh i think it's driven by brexit Mm. but the anger's been around for a long time brexit maybe has been partly caused by the anger well i don't know what chicken or egg i'm not really sure uh what i do know is that when I first started, there was criticism, but in a different form. And then you would get the sort of green pen brigade that would write to you, usually from HM prison or whatever. Um, and that letter would take a week to get to you. Um, and then you'd moved on to another story by now. Because of social media, it's much more immediate. Mm. And also because of apps like the Sky News app, where you can watch your watch the output live. When people are on the green, they can see their live mm. on the telly, and so they go for it. Just before we leave misogyny, on a scale of 1 to 10, how big a feminist are you? I hope that I'm a strong 9, and I'd aim for a 10. OK. So what, what makes the one-point knockoff? Uh, because I'm not sure that I always uh, fly the flag as much as, as I should and sometimes I need to check myself and I think that's probably because of the way I've come up through journalism and, and I've accepted uh, the way I was treated uh, in misogynistic newsrooms in the past and so I, I try and... The pendulum has swinged too far the other way on occasion and now I think we're just trying to get it back into the centre. So And when you say you, you've accepted that, is that like you, you haven't sort of confronted it until years later and then you've been like, maybe I've, that wasn't? I've, I felt like I've had to accept it uh, because I wouldn't have got on. Um, but I'm very happy to bang the drum now. And and if I see uh, inappropriate behaviour to young women or men in the newsroom, then I'll always call it out. What's the worst thing you've seen in your life? Oh, I mean, I have... I have seen women who have accepted um, blatant misogyny in order to further their careers. Have I done that myself? I hope I haven't, but I think that hand on heart I probably might have done. Um, I've had blokes who have, have, have hit on me and I've not called it out when potentially I should have done. But if they, if they ever touched me, that was when it went too far. And I remember a, gla- a guy stroking his finger down my back at a party and I turned around and I said, if you do that again, mate, I'm going to punch your effing lights out. A colleague? Oh, yeah. Have you watched The uh, the Loudest Voice, Roger Ailes? Mm, oh, no, it's on my planner, but I haven't, yeah. What do you think of... Oh, here's one for you. Murdoch, force for good or force for bad in the world? He's always been um, a brilliant advocate for me. He's always been hugely supportive. He's never had any influence on what our news agenda is at Sky. I work for him for... It doesn't, I don't work for him anymore. I've worked for him for more than 30 years. Um, and he was always uh, hugely supportive of me as a journalist and as a female journalist. 
Roger Ailes, Force for Good or Force for Bad? I've never worked with him. I've met him a couple of times. Um, I don't think that you can... I mean, obviously, I can see why you mentioned them both in the same breath, but I don't think there's any comparison. Do you want to explain who Roger Ailes is? Because I only actually found out who he was last week. Roger Ailes, who was essentially the driver of Fox News Mm. uh, and its its political agenda, and also, I think, fair to say, if the, the loudest voice is to be believed, somebody of fairly dubious personal morals as well. He... Didn't always, well, if it's to be believed, he's not with us anymore, so, you know. Right. Um, but to be, if it's to be believed, his behaviour was unacceptable. Towards, towards women. women, yeah. But he was massively, he, he made Fox News a massive success. Do you think we'd have Trump as president without Fox News? Um, great question. I mean, he's, he's a very good salesman, isn't he? A snake oil salesman, some might say. Uh, I think it's certainly... Ailes or Trump? Uh, Trump. Well, Ailes is not with us anymore, but you shouldn't speak ill of the dead. But uh, I think that uh, it certainly helped. Hmm. Does that worry you? Um, I don't have a political view on the president, but um, I'll be going over to cover the uh, election next year. And, and on that as well, you'd, you'd be, as it were, you, you couldn't, in the way that Fox News can, you couldn't be biased in favour of one candidate or another. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And how did you feel about the whole Murdoch Empire and News International during the phone hacking scandal? Um, we covered it. Um, I remember being at a supper party and there were about, I don't know, 12, 14, 16 people. Quite a few of them felt that they had been caught up in phone hacking. And one of the lawyers um, said to me, oh, you know, do you think that you've been hacked, Kay? Because how would you feel about that? And I said, darling, I'd be devastated if I hadn't been. <laughs> It's probably not true, though. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Do you think I, you are? I have no idea. No idea. But, you know, I always used to change the, the pin code on my phone, obviously. I mean, why would you leave it at zero, 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 zero? <laughs> one, two, when you three, can four. have one, two, three, four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or your birthday or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But it was a bad... I mean, that was a bad period for the whole... Yeah, I mean, I mean, and he was... Uh, Rupert uh, Murdoch was devastated. I mean, he went to see... Do you think he really was? Yeah, I do. I do. I, you know, I, I think he's a good man. Do you think anything's changed as a result of phone hacking? Uh, I do. Yeah, I do. I think that they certainly took it on the chin, News International. I think that some of the other newspapers were not without guilt. For sure. Um, and I do think that Rupert, when he realised the extent of what had happened, was devastated. And, and some of my great friends lost their jobs as a result, including um, the magnificent Les Hinton. Some went to jail. Some did go to jail. Yeah. Have you watched Succession? Yes. Oh, it's I just love it. It's so good. Fuck off. He's, like, he's saying this all the time. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I can't imagine who it's based on. It's impossible to work out, is it? Media conversation, it three making children, me uh, two boys and a girl. Two boys yeah. and a girl. Dad not quite sure who's going to take over. Manipulative wives <laughs> in and out of the scene. Yeah, I don't know who it's based on. Could be there, Brian anybody. Cox is a ledge, though. He's yeah. really yeah. good in it. Yeah. I mean, this second series has just been yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, I think it's spectacular. It really is. Uh, I wasn't sure about the chap- but it's also interesting thing. that it's a Sky program at Sky Atlantic. Yeah, yeah. Volvo. Yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> I love that Volvo sponsors Sky. <laughs> what, um, but but it's interesting because you're obviously sort of somebody who feels quite fondly towards Murdoch himself. Let's call him Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch. Thank you. No, he's a phenomenon. The same as well. Okay, we'll call him. We'll call him Rupert Murdoch as long as nobody ever calls Boris, Boris Johnson Boris. Boris. I don't call him Boris. Well, a lot of people on telly do, yeah. as you know, and they should be yeah. picked up on it all the time. But anyway, <laughs> so Rupert Murdoch. Yes. Um, you feel quite fondly disposed to him, but yeah. d- 
But it's perfectly obvious that Succession is sort of trying to play into that sense of the Murdoch myth, if you like. Yeah, it is. And I think that when you say Murdoch, it's it's like a dirty word, isn't it, for a lot of people? No, it's a in, nice name. It's a good Scottish name. In the United Kingdom. And because they think about, you know, uh, strike breaking with the Times newspapers and bringing down, is it Sogat? I think mm. it was Sogat, the union, uh, and some of his newspapers and, and their political agendas. But if it hadn't been for Sky, you know, when I joined Sky, there were only four channels in the United Kingdom. Now you've got like 300, 400, 500 plus. Way too many. Way <laughs> no, too not many. not enough. I love it. Way too many. <laughs> yeah, so I think... No, but I think we're, I if you're on the left, yes. if you're on the left, you do sort of feel very strongly about... We were talking outside Especially about Neil Kinnock. No, not just Brexit, but, you know, the way that the Murdoch papers just decide, you know, Neil Kinnock... Uh, Michael Foote, Corbyn now. Now, I'm not Corbyn's biggest fan, but you can't pretend that the newspapers take the same kind of fair-minded attitude that you, that but you they don't have need at Sky. To. That's you true, know, that's but I'm just asking whether you think that's good for our culture or Well, not. I would say, in response to that, that my father was a trade unionist and we that's the, the, the home that I was brought up in. Um, and, and as I said, you don't know what my politics are now and I think that people should read a broad stream of newspapers and, and take their news from TV and goodness knows what else and then make up their own minds. You don't have yeah, to be dictated to. I think the problem to. is is that we don't have like the Murdochs of the left, basically. There isn't uh, like an alternative the, apart from I, the, the what's, mirror. What's his face? I can't remember the guy, the mirror guy. I've forgotten his name. The one Which who threw one? himself off the back of the boat. Maxwell? Yeah. Yeah, it was yonks ago. I think Grace is talking about now. Yeah, no, yeah I, I mean but now. I'm, since then, there yeah. hasn't been, but there used to be. So it just feels sort of very heavily impartial in that sense of what we've got. Yeah, but if you news. if you take your news from there, but of course there's lots of websites and you know half posts. Do, do you think Fox News is fair and balanced? No, but it doesn't pretend to be. It does. It does. That used to be a slogan. Well, um, maybe it's not so much anymore. <laughs> do they Shep not Smith's have... just stepped down, hasn't he? You know, when you said that you wanted the aircon turned off, how glad are you that you <laughs> said that? No, yeah, but it's we have like a perfect sound care. You know about so that. So <laughs> listen, tell me, tell me about. Um, you mentioned your dad there. So, so what sort of childhood did you have? Fantastic. Uh, we, uh, my parents, loved each other with all their hearts. Uh, they were both factory workers. Uh, we lived with my granddad. Used to be a miner. We lived with him in our council house in Wigan. My sister as well. So the five of us. Um, and then my granddad had a stroke when I was 16, but he'd, we didn't have a separate bedroom for him. So he his bed used to be in the sitting room. And then when it was bedtime, because he, he couldn't walk or talk or do anything for himself, and he, it, you sometimes go back to being a child when you, it depends which part of the brain it affects. So we used to have to switch the light off like you would with a baby until he fell asleep, and then we could put the light back on and watch the telly. Aww. So we were a very close family in that regard. And then when I uh, started as a journalist, my dad realised that you know he was smarter than just working in a factory, and so he went to Ruskin College at Oxford. That's um, where my grandma Oxford, went. Yeah. And my yeah. grandma met my grandpa there. Is that as well? right? They did the same oh, thing. Well. And, then and then he started, uh, and then he uh, was a lecturer in industrial wow. relations and trade union studies. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that had been sort of inspired by what you were doing. Yeah, he just realised that. that, you know, he wanted to do, to do more with his There was life. no journalism in the family before you? No. No, I just used to like uh, writing stories when I was a little girl. And then um, I did a, a two-week job creation uh, course while I was at school. Do you did, feel did northern? You, yeah. Did yeah. you think you were going to be a sort of political journalist? No. That wasn't intentional? No. no, and I don't really think that I am. I think I'm an all-round journalist. It's just that my career at the moment has um, alighted on me being a 
politics journalist because that's the story. Yeah. But, you know, I, could, I can get very excited about royal babies. Love Island. You do. You do get excited about royal babies. Do you remember, uh, I've, 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 one of my memories of you is, is how, and I couldn't work out whether this was you being a human being or utterly ruthless. Do you remember when you cried on me? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it was a bit of both. <laughs> explain, explain. Was it ni- 1970 election? I think we were in Rottenstall. We were in Rottenstall, yeah. And you wanted to interview... I wanted to do an interview... With um, Tony Blair. With Tony Blair. And I was outside and... What year was this, sorry? 97. OK. Uh, and I was... No, it was after that. No, it was the election was, campaign. Yeah, but it was the one after that. Was it 2001, was it? Yeah. OK. Uh, and I had um, wanted to interview Tony Blair, and they were inside, and all the jo- all the favoured journalists for your dad, yeah. and all were all inside, and I was frustrated, and I was outside, and I really wanted to get the interview, and I was so frustrated, I didn't know what to do about it, and so I rang my partner, and I said, who you knew, you knew very well, George Pascoe Watson, who was the deputy political editor at the Sun at the time, and I said, yeah. <laughs> And the next thing I knew, well, I was still on the phone then to him. Then he phoned me up and said, yeah. she's really, really upset. I went out and she was in tears. Oh, God. Hey, it worked. <laughs> Did it work? Yeah. yeah. You got it? Yeah. Well done. Yeah, and he said, you can have five minutes. So after about seven, he dug me in my ribs. <laughs> so that was enough. Now, could a man have done that? Uh, no, think? but well, then you men have you're... their own tactics yeah. that are similar to that. And also, you might not have left them outside. I didn't leave you outside. You were there. You'd parked yourself on a little balcony. I remember yeah, it. You'd invited lots of others in. There's too much I don't know, I don't know how many men there were. Can't remember. How many men were. I can't remember. There was BBC. I, we, I think we had Dunsky in the morning, was the other thing. Oh, so it wasn't a person. Don't like being film. on the back foot, does he? Yeah. Diaries, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to look up the diaries. If it's not in the diaries, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was, that was interesting. Yeah. That was manipulative yeah. and womanly, hey. wiles. Fair enough, fair enough. Do you think... So you were born in 1960. Yeah. So you're almost 60. I am. Do you think you would... And I've just signed a new five-year contract. Have you? Yeah. So you're going to be here till you're 65? At least, yeah. Unless it becomes like football and they kick you out whenever you feel like it, just give you a great big payoff. (laughs) Well, they haven't done that so far. But it's quite hard. It's a lot harder for women to stay in the game for a long, long time. It is. uh, Certainly this side of the pond. When people ask me that, I always say very different the other side. Diane Sawyer, Barbara Walters, you know, um, Katie Couric are all of that. Obviously, Barbara Walters, Doyen, mm. eight, in her 80s. Katie Couric, my sort of age, Diane Sawyer, mm. older than me. Um, have well, any of them not had facelifts? I wouldn't have thought so. Do you I have don't... to have a facelift to keep in the game? No, you don't. Uh, but if you, I've not had my facelift too. I've had a lower facelift and then I had my uh, brow lifted when I was in my 40s. Will I have another one? Heading off that question, who knows? I'm never <laughs> Has saying Piers never. Morgan had a facelift. No, but, it, but do you know that? Well, I, I think don't. he has. Okay, well, I, I don't know. Um, I, but I think you also if you think do, he's got a fake tan. He definitely wears a ton of fake tan. Yeah, well, obviously. That, he does. Yeah, on the telly though, you do yeah. tend to be bleached out quite quickly. And I, I, I would only say if you have something done with your face. Just admit to it. Yes, totally. Because, you know, Mother Nature doesn't do that, you know. You don't look as good as people like... Uh, I was going to say me, but I'm not going to say Go that. on, blow your own trumpet. Say it, say it, go on. You look good. Yeah, thank you. You do like look very Diane good. Sawyer, you know, um, you know, you can't look that good. But what do you feel about sort of the fact that, that we do know that in TV, men seem to get older gracefully yeah. more often and women just get yeah. younger and they just get sacked. So that sacked was the point I was going to make. Adam's not on a facelift, has he? No. Uh, that was the point I was going to make, that it, hopefully I am flying the flag 
for older women. I'm the oldest woman in news, uh, I think, in, in, the, in the UK. There are other pe- older women on other TV uh, programmes, but not in news. And do you want to be get to, like, Diane Sawyer? Do you um, want to be I doing that? I don't know, but I want 80s? to be able to uh, do that if I, if I can and if I want to. Uh, at the moment, I'm loving my job. You know, I, I feel like as sprightly as a 30-year-old, so I want to keep doing what I'm doing. Tony quite fancied Diane Sawyer, I have to say. I think Tony that is quite, in the diaries. Tony quite fancied a few people. <laughs> mm. You? Did he fancy you? No, he didn't no, fancy me because I was... like it yeah, from that no, story. No, no. <laughs> I think she's probably thinking of other people there, but I'm not going to even say. Um, <laughs> I know you're talking Yeah, about. I know. I bet you do. <laughs> Succession. Yeah. Ah. Um... <laughs> Sorry, that was my fault, wasn't it? We went that <laughs> terrible distraction. Did you notice I let him off the hook there? Yeah, yeah you did. So let you, you did some of those celebrity programmes. I did. Why did you do that? Which ones? Uh, so I did Dancing, Dancing on, on Ice. Ice. Why are you sneering? <sighs> I did it because uh, I raised the profile of Macmillan. I'd never ice skated before. I'd never been on ice before. Torval and Dean, world champions, teaching me how to ice skate. Hello. Uh, and in addition, um, I... Not only did I donate my fee, obviously, to Macmillan, but there were 10 million people watching every week, and I'm looking at Grace now, not you, because you were sneering. Um, I love, sneering. I love, I'm watching Celebrity X Factor, yeah. by the way, and Martin Bashir, do yeah. you know this? Yeah. Do you know him? Mm-hmm. He's on Celebrity X Factor, and he's amazing. What yeah. does he do? He sings. You yeah. know, he's brought out a reggae album. Yeah. See? Oh, my God, I was dying yesterday, okay. yeah. Fair enough. Sorry, anyway, but my point I love was these that kind I could of programs. Mention the charity. Yeah, uh, on the way you out. Got a huge coverage. And in addition, I then uh, did Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with Adam Bolton. Oh, no, I, no, I, I Eamon Holmes. Eamon Holmes. How I did, did you? That. I bet you did better than my parents. I don't even they, talk about it. They, they, do not. They, they didn't even get a thousand pounds. Did you not? No, no, we did. We did. They got a thousand pounds. Okay. We got embarrassing. We got totally How much did you win? One hundred and fifty thousand. Oh, well done for Macmillan. Great. Yeah. So that's why I did. Yeah, great. I did that. Also, you, you. I did soccer aid. Sneering, and and you did Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. There. It just wasn't your proudest moment, was it? <laughs> I rewatch it on YouTube very Hence often. Hence the sneer. Yeah. I, I wasn't sneering. I just think that news people should yeah. be news people. Well, what does that mean that I can't show people my other? You can, but you're kind of. What? What about when I do? There? Am I? Yeah, because you, you know, you you would class yourself as like a news person or a Not commentator. Really. No, you I'm still, a... you do things when it's convenient for you, like soccer age. Yeah, I want to play football with Maradona. Yeah, of course I do. Kate wanted to do dancing on ice. Yeah, okay, I'm of, giving you that. Yeah. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Looks down at notes. On a scale of one to ten, how big a football fan are you? Well, that's a great question, and I would say an answer to that, which is what I always say. Where I'm trying to think, um, I used to be a very big football fan when I was a little girl, and my dad was a Manchester United fan. Right. Um, and Georgie Best, um, Dennis, Dennis Law, Law that Law, sort of yeah. vibe. But my granddad was not. My granddad was um, a Liverpool fan. So he used to say, if they were playing in the back garden, I'd close the curtains, a very northern phrase. And But my dad was insistent that we were Man United fans. Uh, and then when I moved to London, I didn't really have much interest in football. But I've had uh, a child, only one boy, he's now 26. And when he was little, he used to be a huge football fan like his dad and they were Arsenal fans and so um, I was very into football 2004 season I think mm-hmm. it was when they were the Invincibles, Invincibles 38 yeah. games without uh, defeat and so Seaman Tony Adams um, Lee Dixon um, played for Burnley yeah anyway yeah but he also what played for the league? Arsenal 
but my point was that my my ex-husband was a football agent as well, so I knew okay. a lot of these people personally. Okay. So I was really into football. And, and are Paul you still Lins. now? Uh, not so much. No, I mean, if you is like, your son still? My son's very fan. much. Yeah, I mean, if they lose, he, I can't talk to him. And mm. if they lose to Spurs, oh my goodness, sounds hey. familiar. Yeah. What um, what about rugby league though? Wiggins, you know, I was a very league. big rugby league fan. Um, I was I knew Dave Whelan really well and Maurice Lindsay. Maurice Lindsay used to be the chairman of Wigby, yeah. Wigan Rugby League, um, and so I was. But again, not so much anymore. I find that the more I've got involved with politics, uh, the more it consume. It, there's so much to read, so that you're on top of it all the time. I'm a big Formula One fan. Are you? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Do you go get. and watch that? I've never been, but then I wouldn't really want to because, you know, you'd see them go past um, and then you wouldn't see them yeah, for another minute and a half. Yeah, that's why I always think when people go. It's yeah, like but it's on Sky. Uh, Sky F1 is really good. You know, the, the sort of camera positions that they've got is amazing and they, they even show you now how much is left on the tyres and so wow. when they're going to have to come into pit and stuff or box, 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 as they say. It is quite exciting. I used to watch that with Rory, my brother, mm. and I did find it quite exciting. I I've, really I've been to one Grand Prix and I didn't really... No, it's much better just watching it on get the it. telly, I think. Mm. But going back to the football, just to end on the football, when Wigan played Arsenal in the FA Cup final, a semi-final at, at Wembley, that was really tricky. And who did you support? At Wigan. Oh, did yeah. You? yeah. Got to. Were you in the... Did you go? I did. Were I you in the Wigan end? Yeah. OK. Well, I was Where was box. your son? I was in the Royal Box. Was oh. <laughs> <laughs> you the Queen? <laughs> Were you being the Queen? I was in the Royal yes. Box and... With um, your son? Uh, no, no. No, he was at the Arsenal end. OK. Um, but I had, in the programme, I, I wrote uh, uh, in support of the Wigan team. So, yeah. But so we, how often do you go back north? Um, well, sadly, my parents are not alive anymore, and so it's just me and my sister, and she lives in Cheshire, Goulburn, which is Wigan, really. And is she what sort of life has she got? What's so she she's got one son, and she's got uh, she's married, um, and she's she's much more down to earth and northern than I am. But she loves coming down to London, so there's no point in me going there because she wants to come and she wants to do the shopping and all that mm. sort of stuff. Are you close? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's two, twenty two months younger than me. Oh wow, that's. Pretty small, yeah. And so you've been. Who was who the, the the father of the of the boy then? Was that Alex Alexander, my yeah. son, uh, Steve Cutner, who was f- uh, a football agent. Um, he still is. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. He's um he's a music agent now. Okay. He started he's still an off agent. in music. Sort of... and, yeah, yeah. So Richard Richard Ashcroft. Yeah. From the Verve. He represents yeah. him. Have you watched this side note, the Clive Davis documentary on Netflix? No. Oh, that's an What's amazing it about? documentary. It's about Clive Davis, who's this big music agent who discovered Whitney Houston. But, oh, I see. So it's yeah, about, and how it's about he his career. Yeah. And it's yeah. just a fascinating look into oh. the music world and industry. Uh, but that is a massive side note. Do you never get tired of doing the telly? No, I love my job. I love You my don't job. have any days where you sort of think, oh, God, here we go again. No, I used to work on the meat counter at Asda. You know, yeah. and now I'm broadcasting to potentially 700 million people around the world. What what kind of numbers does your will your bre- breakfast show get? Don't know. Uh, we know that there was a 40. I'm looking um, to my amazing producer who's nodding her head at the moment. But uh, we've ha- got a new app that uh, is on your phone, so you can scroll down and p- click on the app, and you can take us with you, so you can watch got the Cable Show wherever you are. And that had a 40 percent uplift today. So oh, that's great! Yeah, on our first day. So and it's pleased. international as well. You can watch it all over the world. Yeah, globally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So when I did my uh, afternoon show, people on the west coast of the US used to use it as their breakfast show. Oh, amazing. Okay. And so you, you've you never had a day, you don't have days at all where you just come in and think, I can't be arsed talking to Marc Francois 
and Stella Creasy again about Brexit? No. Honestly, I can honestly put my hand on my heart and say, which I'm doing, although it's radio, you can't see it, uh, I absolutely love my job. Mm. Seriously, I love my job. And if I didn't, you know, I've earned enough money over the years that I wouldn't have signed another five-year contract. Mm. I love it. I think you're going to do it into your 80s. (laughs) I do. What about becoming the first... Centurion. Oh, yeah. I, I think well, you've got that energy. Well, it, let's sit clearly... here in 40 years' time yeah, and see. Yeah, exactly. Well, I won't be here. <laughs> what about, um, should we do this exercise? Oh, can I just ask one question? Yeah. Do you remember when my dad and Adam Bolton got in there? <laughs> <laughs> for me, that's one of the best moments of And they were both really Sky cross. So for people, I'm sure most people know, but for those who don't, they got really... Don't tell me I what was, I think. I was calm. I know, but you were being You were being patronising. You were calm. I was you, so you were being you were passive aggressive is what you were doing. Yeah. You knew what you were doing and he took the bait. And when you've been working on an election campaign, it can be, you know, 25 working days, six weeks, uh, whatever. You're absolutely on your knees by the end of it. And so you're just holding it together. It was an amazing And then your dad comes along and he's <laughs> as passive aggressive as you like. And Adam just took the bait. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely won, didn't I? You did win. Although he it said was... in your in his book, he said that he bumped into Grace, who was taking the piss out of him, and he wrote, and Grace said, oh, I thought you were, it's the only time I've ever seen anybody get the better of my dad. And, and he, I was obviously taking the piss. <laughs> and he wrote in his book as though Alice's it was even, daughter even his daughter thought I was right. <laughs> anyway, we've made it, we've made it up since. Can I ask uh, yeah. one more question? Yeah. Just coming back to journalism and, and being a woman, do you think that it is significantly better now for women yes. coming up? Yes. Compared to when you were. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what, because do you think more still needs to be done is yes. basically what I'm trying to and get I, at. I, I hope that I've made a, a small difference in that regard. I hope that uh, youngsters, both male and female coming up, feel that if they uh, are being bullied or they're anxious or whatever, they can come to me and I will definitely have their corner, I hope. Yes, she's nodding. My producer's <laughs> nodding. But I do try and do that. And I think it's up to me uh, and people like me, both men and women who have been successful, to bring up the next generation. And also, I think it's what, it, you know, if you can't see it, you don't know that you can be it. And, and you're going to go into your 80s, I believe, hosting and presenting the news. And that will inspire also women of your generation well, to I think that hope it, so. it doesn't end. When I inspired you sort of... my dad. Yeah, exactly. From, you know, when I first bit, when I was 17. Do you think you might have gone too far the other way now? If you think about it now, what Laura... Do you mean? Well, Laura Coonsberg. You mean too many women? Oh, here he comes. No, I'm just... Do you think anybody bit. said, oh, do you think there were too many men on the telly? I did. Always. Always did, to but be fair. But I no, think it's you think about just... Laura Coonsberg, Katya Adler... Emily Maitlis. Emily Maitlis, Beth Rigby, you... Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I'm not saying it's Kate not McCann. great, but I wonder now whether actually men... Uh, well, our newsroom is, news is 50-50. Right, um, and I and that is on merit, um, which is amazing. We still got work to do when it comes to um, social mobility of other classes, but you know we're, we're working on that. That is a real problem in the media. Yeah, and especially now that tra- the the training thing doesn't really seem yeah. to have the same hold as it used to. Yeah, so more and more journalists I now agree. just come out of top I universities. Agree with you on that. Dad knows somebody yeah. and they go. Yeah. And, and especially for you, me. that must seem even more apparent yeah. because it's that's not what your experience and annoying, was. And that's why. Uh, but my uh, new uh, assistant editor on the show, which I have two, uh, and the one that is in my ear for the two hours, he's only 25. He was a runner three years ago. I saw his talent 
uh, and um, I asked him to come and wow. produce the new breakfast show. And what's his background? Yeah. Uh, so he, <laughs> he, he isn't a posh boy at all, but he did go, he worked really, really hard and he, he did go to Cambridge. But, you know, he, he got there uh, not because of who his parents were or not because of the school he went to, but because he worked bloody hard. Oh, I mean, do you Rafe. think, do you think, sorry, this is just uh, one more question that I want to ask. Do Come. you think that cu- coming up as a woman, I hate saying as a woman, but, you know, you were a woman in a very male word world. Still am. Exactly. Do you think you're sometimes quite baffling to men because you're very sort of unapologetically just yourself and, and the things that men might think would bother you don't bother you do you think yeah, that I think that's why I'm men? a target of criticism sometimes because they think oh I can break I can take a down I can take a down and they can't understand why you know I'm so, well, it's not working yeah your dad would know weebles wobble but they don't fall down you know you can push me but I'm still going to bounce back up again do you worry that um the government under Johnson appear to be following the approach of Trump and actually Corbyn does this as well is kind of avoid difficult interviews, rely on little clips mm. that because the media need them, they use them, they're all pulled, they put out, everybody runs the same line. Their own social media output is massive. Do you not worry that actually the, the kind of the genuine scrutiny that the media can should be doing is they're, they're deliberately minimising it? Yeah, I feel I'm very annoyed that the Prime Minister... Um, doesn't come on my programme. A lot of people thought that he would have done the show today because, you know, we, we have a global audience. We have a massive newsroom audience. We have a massive audience. And it's from Westminster. And it's from well. Westminster. He, I'd been told that potentially he might, but he didn't. Um, so that I find that massively frustrating. Um, also, when it was him or Jeremy Hunt and we were supposed to do a face-off between the two, he didn't do it. Jeremy Hunt came and I did an hour with him. Um, you know, but I'm, when I'm, you know, other prime ministers have been quite difficult to get hold of as well. I'm certainly not going to cry anymore to get an interview with the Prime Minister. But um, I am... Tr- no, I think we always, we always felt tough I'm interviews teasing. were part of it. I'm teasing. They're avoiding them deliberately. Yes, they are. Mm, I completely agree. I completely agree, but I don't know what Corbyn would be like if he was in power. Definitely the same. I think you do the same. Yeah. I think you do the same. Yeah. So... And I think that politicians are servants of the public and they should... Um, and as a result, they should uh, be... Um, able to to put themselves in front of journalists, mm. and we need tough journalism yeah. as well. Yeah, I don't want to just tickle his belly and yeah. say how funny he is and how you know he looks like a Labrador with his hair or whatever. Yeah. Which 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 politicians do you actually really like interviewing? Well, I, I like interviewing all politicians. I wouldn't have thought that all politicians like being interviewed by me, but I, you know, Sadiq Khan knows he's always going to get these at the Mayor of London. Um, always knows that he's going to get a tough interview from me, but he still comes on the programme. Oh, I love Sadiq. Um, Jeremy Hunt, I like interviewing him. Um, Harriet Harman, uh, I enjoy interviewing her. Um, th- th- I mean, I, I can't necessarily. When you say those people, sorry, I know you that we're sort of going over, but we've obviously got more and more questions. But when you say that, is that because those are pe- politicians who don't really answer questions like politicians, you know, in the way that they they actually are? No politicians present. will answer a question unless you you know keep pressing them. Um, I can't think of any that will answer the question if they don't want to. Um, but they are grown-up politicians. Uh, Michael Heseltine was always the most difficult politician to answer. He had a very good technique of when you ask the first question, he would always say yes or no. And generally, when you ask your first question, you just everybody's relaxing into to throw you, yeah, and so okay. you do it to throw you, and then you'd be thinking, oh, no, 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 don't do that, and then you'd look down for your second one, and then you, you would be on the back foot. It was very clever technique.
Okay, six yeah. aside yeah. team to change the world. Yeah. Three men, three women, dead or alive. Okay. Um, I'm, have I got three men and three women? I think I might have. Don't worry if you haven't. Okay, I think I've got... Uh, so I said uh, Beth Rigby, mm-hmm. our political editor, uh, because um, she is robust and she always delivers. Um, I said my son, because Aww. he's young, he's calm, he's composed and he's considered and you always want somebody like that on your team. Uh, I said, what does he do? Uh, my son, he uh, sources supercars for people who've got too much money. Ah. So cars were always his passion. So he's not saving the 11. environment. Uh, he's saving the world, but not saving the environment. Yeah, he's saving me having to look after him. Yeah. He's, yeah. Um, <laughs> Diana, Princess of Wales, yeah. because she mm, would be uh, like David Beckham. You know, everybody would want to come and watch her play. Um, <laughs> uh, Gandhi. Uh, because he would calm the team down whenever, when, if there was a little bit of um, hanky-panky on the pitch. Steinbeck, because he would be a good storyteller. OK, so would Beth. Uh, yeah, uh, but she's robust and always delivering. And finally, um, Marilyn Monroe, because she would always know how to score. Oh, I oh. Marilyn, we've never had, definitely never had Marilyn. No, although she's in my winner's book. Is she? Yeah, because she said something that I have pinned up on my wall. Which is? Thinking ink. Oh, yes. Oh, that's yes. good. Yes. Mm. Good team. Yeah. Good team. Yeah, I like well, okay. Thank you. Very good team. Well, Kay, is there anything else you'd like to tell a grateful nation? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that my mantra, two, I've got two, um, both important given what we're talking about. The first one is um, work hard, play hard, be kind. And the other one you'll have heard many times before, but I, I, I just want to say it, just to underline it, and this is what I believe more than anything when it comes to women in journalism, there's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women. That was uh, really interesting. I feel slightly like I forgot to be hard on her with Murd- with the whole Murdoch thing, mm. S- feeling slightly regretful. Yeah, about you see, that. I felt I was talking too much, and I wanted you to take that part of the interview, and you just sort of. But she, I was I so charmed. You, I we know, were in the you sky got spun, building. Grace. We were in. We had a nice cup of she tea. She made us a cup of tea. And I she sort of so forgot. Nice. And you know what, Dad? It's for having just finished Succession, mm. some part of me is like, because of Brian Cox and Succession, I'm like, well, if Rupert Murdoch's like that, I mean, it's He's like okay. the crown and the royal family. It's yeah. made me love the royal family because I'm like, well, I love them so much. <laughs> um, so I just finished Succession last night and I was just feeling, I can't stop thinking about Succession. And so now I'm obviously thinking like, well, maybe... You know Brian Cox, who does Logan Roy? Yeah. Rupert Murdoch? Uh, the best character yeah. in Well, you know, I'll be, I worked with him on the People's Way campaine yeah. before Roland you, Rudd, you have mentioned before that Roland to me. Rudd decided to sort of drop a hand grenade into it. Yeah, for fuck's sake. And anyway, I was speaking to him recently, and I, I've asked him whether... Because you know how my ringtone is really boring. It's just... I've asked him if he can get me a succession of clips of Logan Roy saying, Fuck off! Fuck off! Fuck off! I love that that you dropped Succession in there, even though it wasn't you weren't dropping the title of the show. What? Well, you said I I want to get a succession. Oh, of him that was saying totally fuck accidental. Up. Yeah, yeah. But he does um, say. I mean, the swearing in Succession is perfect. Absolutely, perfectly. Done. He is a great swearer. Really good swearer. Yeah. But also, fuck it's so off. funny. Like my mum, your partner, <clears throat> isn't really impressed. You know, by many people. My but girlfriend. The, fa- the fact that you have been texting 
Logan Roy, mum mm. just thinks is the coolest thing she's ever. She's quite impressed with the Eric Clapton. No, she's romance. so much she more. Is. But, but I mean, the Logan Roy, she honestly just loves him so much and thinks the fact that you email him is the coolest thing in the world. Um, so, so, so I regret, I regret doing that. But I do think Kay is a very interesting. Um, she's sort of a feminist from a different generation mm. to me, in mm. that she, I think, because of like where she started out in her career and where feminism was at that time, and sort of men having the amount of power that they did. She sort of doesn't see some of the things which I would pick much more of a fight with, like the harassment, you know, when we were talking about her getting online abuse and getting mm. abuse on College Green. We had Jess last week. Jess does call it out a bit more, and Kay just sort of she ignores just, it. Yeah, she does. She um, does. So I think I wonder... it was interesting, I said to Jess last week, didn't I? I think there's a different way of handling it, like when I've had loads of abuse. I've tended just to sort of ignore it, and, and Kay does definitely do it. I've been with her being interviewed by her, at College Green and people are shouting, you know, she's blocked, war, she's blocked cr- war criminal to me, slag to her. Because I think as well, you know, that is like, slag, it's such a sexist insult. It's so gendered. Yeah. So I think, like, if that happened to me, I, w- I would take a huge amount of offence to that. But maybe, you know, she's been doing it for such a long time. She mm. must have such a thick skin. I think skin. also she's got a very, very... Um, I think she does have a strong personality. Yeah. I also like the way she talked very openly about things like, you know, plastic surgery and how she looks. And, you know, would she have lasted this long if she hadn't made herself look, keep on looking young, a bit younger than she is, as it were? I don't know. Mm. I don't think, do you think Adam and Piers have plastic surgery? Piers, definitely. Seriously? I mean, yeah, I really do think that. Oh, well, what sort? Botox. No. I think that. Do you, I do think that. Do you, and then he do you think, also tops the do you know, fake Listen, tan can on. I t- you know, I saw a thing of Cameron the other day. Cameron doesn't have any lines on his face. Well, he's probably had Botox. Had more, much more people than you think have had Botox. Wow. It's a very minor thing to do. Is it? Yeah, people can just do it at home now. Wow. So I wouldn't be surprised, but Cameron has also always looked like a baby foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should end it there. Okay. <laughs> Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.